Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio show. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today is, I'm not sure what it is, it's it's the uh, For Weary Water Walkers in 2023, episode three, but it's basically going to be just a lot of tips and different things about water walking, um, a lot of different points. You know, water walking is kind of... Um, I think it's kind of a sacred thing to God because when the Israelites were in the desert, you know, that was a time when he was teaching them about himself and that as being our loving father, being a parent, when you are teaching your child something about yourself, that's really, really important and life changing. That would be pretty sacred, wouldn't it? So I think it's important. And yeah, you're kind of in the valley when you're going through the water walk because everything's so uncertain. But that is when you come to this incredible revelation through him providing again and again and again and guiding you that he really is faithful. He really will do what he says. And his word is really true. That's really, really important. And in the valley, all good things grow. When you water walk, you pass through the valleys of life. But the valley experience never comes to you without a priceless gift in its hands. You always come out of a water walk with a gift. You could have never gotten any other way. Same as the wilderness. So we've talked before about doubt shouters. And you'll know when they show up because you cannot mistake it. They're the ones who try to talk you out of doing the whole thing that you're doing. The enemy always sends at least one, usually more than one. And they are usually people who have uh, a voice in your life. It's someone that you generally will listen to and you know, take advice from at least sometimes. And they will scream doubt and unbelief at you just as you're stepping out of the boat. The enemy always attacks most heavily wherever attacks have succeeded in the past. So you have to be very careful not to let this succeed. Okay. If you are full of the word of God, doubt cannot get in there. Okay. It cannot get in your heart, in your mind. If you are already full of the word, then the word is going to be continually going through your mind and going through your heart. If you are speaking faith, you cannot be speaking doubt at the same time. Fear and doubt are separate, but they work together. And fear is the opposite of faith. Any place faith is, fear has to stay out because fear will eradicate the faith. And when faith comes in, it drop kicks fear out the door, okay? God knows when you need to rest, even when you don't, as well as when you need to move. He created you. He will not move you to the next step if you are out of strength at your present one, okay? If you are out of strength right now at the step you're at, he's not going to move you to the next step until you're well-rested and ready because what he's about to call you to do takes a lot of strength as well as a lot of courage. If at all possible, Surround yourself with other water walkers or potential walkers to encourage you and lift you up in prayer if you find out you're going to be water walking. It really helps to have other water walkers, people who have done the walks, 
to talk to or people who are getting ready to even that have that kind of courage and faith. The tendency to fear is stronger in a strange place. When we are in the familiar, we don't get very fearful most of the time, do we? But in a strange place, in a new place, we are completely out of our comfort zone and we are away from what is familiar to us. And another thing, when you move to a new place, for those of you who have not moved very many times, you know, where you live, you have your, your routines, you know, you get up and you have your coffee at eight o'clock, you know, whatever you do, our routines anchor us in our days and they help us to have something kind of familiar that keeps us grounded and just makes us feel at home, right? When you go to a new place, you don't have any of those routines. Everything is different. Your surroundings are different. Your house is different. All your stuff's in boxes. You don't know where anything is most of the time. Even those of us who have moved a lot, it's still hard. We don't know where everything else is either. I try to make a box that has all my, you know, coffee and morning stuff, but sometimes you can't find the box. So there you go. When we are out of our comfort zones and away from the familiar, there is nothing for us to cling to or hide behind or hide in. We all have a tendency to be drawn back to the familiar until we are comfortable in our new environments. You will think fondly back on your, the familiar places when you get to a place that's totally strange. Change is always unsettling at first until we find our bearings, until we get our routines going and, you know, we see what it's going to be about. Those who are too fearful to step out for God will never bring very much glory to his name. Their testimonies will be small because they have limited the Holy One of Israel from doing anything bigger through their life. They are not willing to leave their comfort zones. They want God's glory, but on their terms. God doesn't do things on our terms, y'all. He's God. They prefer their routine lives to water walking where adventure lies because, and growth lies because their trust in his ability to care for them is less than their trust in their own ability to care for themselves. Comfort makes cowards of us all, but you cannot gain when you are not willing to risk. Until you are willing to lay it all down, to risk all that you hold in your life, and in your hand for him, he will not release to you all that he has for your life or in his hand to you. Let me repeat that. Until you are willing to lay it all down, that means everything that you have, to risk all you have and you hold in your life and in your hand for him and for his glory, he will not release to you all that he has for your life or in his hand to you. Getting ahead or lagging behind God. God cannot bless fear. Fear is faith running the other way down the street, okay? It is having more faith in what the devil says and the devil's ability to, to destroy you than in God to deliver you. It is impossible to please God without faith. If you are going to water walk, you determine you are going to do it as fearlessly as possible and fight the fear when it comes up. The enemy will also launch attacks on people who are supporting you to take away your support structure. Keep them covered in prayer at all times. He may try to take away their ability to give their, you know, their having extra money or he may attack their finances or he may try to persuade them not to give. Pray for them. 
every day. Water walkers are extremely dangerous to the enemy because God can use them to demonstrate his dunamis miracle working power. Water walkers are not afraid of looking foolish. They are gamblers for God, even if they do not gamble in other parts of their personalities. They are willing to roll the dice for him at his word. Like Peter, water walkers are not just people of faith. They don't just leave a legacy of faith. They become legendary for their faith. People will talk about you for years in a good way, hopefully, if you do a water walk, if you just step out there on the water. We're still talking about Peter over 2,000 years later, okay? Just because he had the courage to step out of the boat. I couldn't do that. Could you do it? I couldn't do it. You cannot drag your old, worn-out past ways into your bright, water-walking future. Don't even try it. You cannot drag old, worn-out relationships into it either. And you know the ones I'm talking about, the ones God nudged you a long time ago to get rid of, but you still held on to anyway. They're not going to fit. Make sure the roadblocks are cleared. This means any relationships you know are not God's will for you, any sinful habits you know you should let go of, anything or anyone in your life you know in your heart of hearts does not belong in your life. You know who you are and you know who you are supposed to be. Do not try to play innocent with God. God is very patient. He knows that you know if something needs to be dealt with, relationships, jobs, you're supposed to quit, sinful habits, etc. And he will wait, but it will cost you while you're waiting. Every day you wait, you're losing blessings. Can I just tell you that? The enemy will try to lie about and slander God's character to you in the voice of fear, doubt, and unbelief to stop your faith. God is faithful even when we are not. Do not entreat the enemy's lies. Would you listen to horrible slander of your best friend? Don't listen to it about God either. Spit it back in Satan's face. No matter what you see or do not see, do not stop praising God. Do not stop giving. Do not stop speaking into the atmosphere those things you desire or what God has promised you in your water walk or after it. Just go ahead and decree them. Say, thank you, Lord, you're bringing me this when I finish the water or whatever. There is power in saying it and there is power in hearing your voice say it. God always honors great faith, period. He will provide for you in times of water walking. When you need your faith to be turned up high, the enemy will always send multiple distractions to try to keep you out of prayer and out of the word. Why is that? What encourages your faith? Prayer and the word. Remember that. If Jesus is in the wilderness with you, which if you're walking with him and trying to do what you believe is God's will for your life, he is, then if everything is in Jesus and he is in you, you already have everything you need. You just have to call it forth in faith. Realize that you are the one God has spoken to, not those around you, and that you alone, and I talked about this last podcast, have been given the faith to walk on water. The others may be supportive of what you're doing, but most most probably will not because of a 
A water walk is always a true faith walk. It is stepping out on nothing so God can get you to someplace else where he can promote you or he can give you revelation that he's going to do something with. The people around you will see the nothing you're about to step out on and they're scared for you. This is natural. It's a natural response. If you see somebody you love about to step off a cliff, you're going to try to save them, right? That's what they see. They see us stepping off a cliff. Faith is the substance. It's the substance. It's the thing you're stepping out on that they cannot see if they don't have faith, okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You have the substance and know what you are stepping out on. They do not. Another thing you will find in something that really surprised me was how many people pull away from you during a faith walk. I'm not sure when I did a faith walk before whether my faith made them uncomfortable, if it made them afraid, you know, or maybe they were afraid I would ask to borrow money, which I don't do, or if they just outright thought I had lost my mind, (laughs) you know, and they're just like, okay, she's a wingnut we're not going to associate with. I don't know. I'm not sure. I never did ask. There were others I had to pull away from that drug me down. So keep in mind, like I said, you may lose relationships. You may get some of them back. You may not. Some of mine went away and just stayed away. So you need all your faculties and energies focused on God in the faith journey if you are to stay up. Okay. You can't get down and depressed when you're doing this. It's really dangerous until you make it to the other side of the water walk. Anything that is not totally in the walk with you will pull against you like an uneven yoke and make your journey much harder. It is hard to focus on your walk when you are surrounded every day by somebody else's drama. Eliminate the unnecessary, at least for now, any place that you can, it will help you to walk more easily if your load is lighter. You would do good to take care of yourself in the walk, okay? You will do good just to take care of you. You don't need to be taking care of everyone around you, emotionally or physically, while you're trying to do it. It's kind of like being sent into a war zone. You cannot be focused anyplace else if you're going to do this and get through it. You have an enemy that hates you and wants to destroy you. He does not want you to come out the other side because he knows the power of that kind of testimony when you stepped out on the water, okay? That is a mighty testimony that makes people's mouths drop open. When you say, yeah, I left a a job making X number of dollars and I you know, walked out of my life and did what God told me to do and it all turned out good. You know, people listen. That gets their attention and it witnesses to them and he knows it and he's afraid of it and he knows God anoints water walking testimonies big time. So he does not want you to come out the other side because he knows your testimony will be established and you'll be probably promoted if you do. Therefore, he is going to open up all four barrels of all his loaded weapons at you to try to stop you, to discourage you, to make you give up or give in or sin, to make to make you stop believing, to stop trusting God, especially to stop trusting God because you cannot water walk if you don't trust him. Do not be surprised by the reproach you get or the judgment by those you love. Remember, they just see you stepping off the cliff and throwing your life, you know, away. That's that's all they see and they don't understand. 
when you got the call, it was not a conference call. Satan will use whoever he can to discourage your faith. And if you have stepped out in the last phase before you reach your destiny, your true anointing, realize that he knows you are about to do his kingdom a lot of damage. So he will stop at nothing to halt your progress. He will pull out every weapon he has. If you have any sins you're still drawn to, I promise you he's going to dangle them right in front of your face when you feel at your lowest. Biggest obstacles in the water walk, in my opinion, are impatience, discouragement, fear, unbelief, doubt, needing a plan or a paycheck to feel secure. That's a big one because we're all, you know, raised on the paycheck system. One obstacle is being sure you heard God doubting yourself. That's why you need to know that you know that you know that you heard him, that you're supposed to go. Also, reproach and judgment from others. Those are obstacles. For some people, they're big obstacles. I never got used to having approval from peers, so it doesn't affect me as much. I'm like, okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I love you. Bye. We have been taught in life to believe only what we see, and only some of that, and even some of that is questionable, isn't it? Do not look to anybody but God for your provision. Realize that others will stay in the boat shouting at you not to step out and fearing for you when you do. And they will gawk at you waiting for you to fail or they'll go gossip about you in the hallways at the church because that's just what that's, you know, human nature. Oh, did you did you hear what they did? Literally expecting for you to fail and to fall. You must realize they are only looking with earthly eyes when they do these things and just pray for them. They cannot see the promise that awaits you because they didn't get that call. So don't blame them, but pray that their eyes would be open. Okay, this is very important. Do not stop tithing and giving when you're in the water walk. If you get increase, tithe and give on it. Those are your seeds for future provision. Plant any other seeds along the way that you are able to as well. These are seeds for further blessings and they are sacrificial offerings to God because of what you are going through when you offered them. I have had huge returns come back on water walk giving. If you hit a crisis point in your water walk and you're freaking out, fast. Fast and pray or go deeply into worship and commune with God for as long as it takes. If you need to hear from him or whatever, or you just need to feel calm again. Either fast and pray or just get on your face and lay prostrate and pray and pray and pray for hours or worship. Realize that you cannot hear God's voice in the midst of noise, nor in the midst of busyness or in the midst of a lot of fear, by the way. You must sit quietly before him or worship him if you truly need to get a word about your situation or something like that. This is hard to do when you're going through darkness and you don't know where you're going or what to do. I still, to this day, remember that feeling of darkness, not knowing where I was going. I couldn't turn around and go back where I came from. All those doors were closed and I couldn't go forward because I didn't know where I was going. And it felt like I was in the dark with no light anywhere on a very shaky bridge. I still, to this day, remember that feeling and the trauma. It, it traumatized me. I think that's why I remember it, because it was traumatic. I'm a person who's careful, and I try to not take unnecessary chances. I try to live very carefully because 
I like stability. I don't like moving often, though God has moved me about every four years for decades now. But, you know, I work for him. So if your employer tells you to go somewhere, you go. If they say your job moved there, you go there. That's what you do. And I love him and I want to please him more than anything. So I just try to do what he tells me. Not perfectly, I'm sure, in any form, but I do my best. And other than that, though, I really prefer stability and even routine because it's calm to me. It's very calm. I don't like chaos and I don't like disorder. From inside the cocoon of transformation, it is very hard to imagine anything is ever going to work out. But that is where God gives us wings to fly. Okay? When you are in that dark place, you are in the cocoon and he's giving you your wings. So just hang on a little longer, okay? Know that there will be times in your faith walk that you will be doing the right thing in every way you know how and the right thing will not be happening to you, just like Job. It's just another test of faith. Just flow with it. Do the right thing. God's going to come through. The more God has promised you, the more he will require of you. To whom much is given, much is required, remember? So if he promised you greatness, get ready. There will be times when you cannot tell anything at all is happening. As a matter of fact, much of the time you may not be able to tell anything is happening and you will be baffled as to what he's really accomplishing while you're suffering. But I'll tell you one of the things he's accomplishing. He's increasing your anointing. And you know how they make olive oil? They press the olives really, really hard. And that's kind of how he gets the oil on us, too. One of the enemy's greatest temptations to you during your faith journey will be to make you feel overwhelmed. By the time you reach tomorrow, other problems may have already been solved. Don't waste precious energy fighting and trying to reason out imaginary situations in your mind. You will only wear yourself out. And the devil loves to wear down the saints. He's doing a lot of that now, even, isn't he? Realize that Faith journeys are lonely places. They can be some of the loneliest times in your life. A lot of people don't do well with loneliness. Those of us who have been loners so much of our lives, we kind of can deal with it better, but just realize that's part of it. When you are lonely, God wants you to turn to him. Okay. Yes, you will be talking to people that you know, but don't talk all the time to people you know. He wants to hear from you too. You're his child. So use that time to grow closer to him. Like the burning bush Moses saw, the fire that purifies but does not consume produces a vessel God can speak through. We must be like the three Hebrew boys. We must not allow the fire of our trials to consume us. We must walk strong and determined at all times. If they had given in to fear of the fire, how might their story have ended? Chances are we never would have heard of them. God will provide for you in ways that you know it was him who provided. God wants to get us to a place in our faith where instead of trying to wrestle with it and throw it to the ground and sit on it and make it stay put, we enter into his rest in it, knowing that he's God and knowing we're his children and knowing what that means. It means he'll take care of us, that he is always watching over us. 
that he does not lead us into the wilderness or into a water walk to fall flat on our faces. It is his will that we have an abundance of all that we need, not that we become beggars in the streets or become homeless. He wants us to come to a place where the question of our faith in him to provide is settled once and for all. Faith starts where the question marks end. And this is a point where you know him as your father. God's provision is not based on us walking perfectly or none of us would be provided for. Although the level of blessing we live in is directly proportionate to our level of obedience. Can I just say that? The children of Israel did not walk a perfect walk. In fact, they angered God until he vowed to Moses he would not allow a single one of the original group to enter into the promised land except like one or two of them. But he still provided for them. He did not suddenly cut off their manna because he was displeased. Because he is faithful. He is faithful to be faithful and faithful to his word that he is faithful. The only time I have ever experienced running out of provision was when it was time to move to a different place like Elijah at the brook Cherith. My brook dried up. But when I inquired of God where I was supposed to move, he faithfully provided an answer to. He moves your provision ahead of you and he moves your anointing or grace to be in a place ahead of you too. Eric Elder, founder of www.theranch.org, and a pastor wrote in a 2009 devotional, there are times when we tend to overestimate how God will answer our prayers in the short term, but we vastly underestimate how God will answer our prayers in the long term. While we may be disappointed in the short term answers to our prayers, the long term answers often go way beyond all we could ask or imagine. I think that is so true. In addition, the higher you go with God, the more he will require of you. The more of you you will have to lay down so that more of him can reign through you. This should be a no-brainer, but I'll mention it here in case anyone misunderstands. God demands total obedience. You cannot pick and choose the parts of his plan for you that you like and disregard everything else he is telling you to do. Charles Stanley said once, partial obedience is disobedience. The blessings inherent in water walking come from walking the whole walk, not part of it. If God speaks to you to move to Dallas, Texas and start preaching the gospel full time, you cannot stay where you are and try to preach there or stay where you are and begin preaching part time and expect God to bless you with all that he has because that is not obedience. If you refuse to move when God speaks to you to move, he is not obligated to bless you where you are. Sorry about the story in the background. That's my dog. <laughs> Did he bless Saul when Saul saved part of the livestock he was told to destroy to Amalek? In 1 Samuel 15, no, he did not. Partial obedience cost Saul his entire kingdom. It cost him his kingship. Partial obedience is evidence that your heart is only partially God's. Part of water walking is not being able to see how God is going to get you from where you are to where he has shown you you are going. That is where your faith comes in. If you could see how everything is going to work out, it wouldn't require any faith, would it? There will be many times you doubt you will make it there at all, and the road looks like it is leading anywhere but to your destiny that you're supposed to be going to. 
Part of establishing you and your testimony will be situations where you don't get what you want. Probably a lot of them. It's as if God is asking, will you still serve me if I don't give you everything you think you require? Will you serve me when I don't give you what you want? Will you serve me when I let you feel as if I have forsaken you? The absoluteness of God's word guarantees he will never leave nor forsake us. That he knows the plans he has for us and they are good to give us a hope and a future. There will be times when everything looks as if you have missed him, that you have gone the wrong way or that he has given up on you. Remember in these times that the teacher is always silent during the test. What does the word say about your situation? Does the word say he may have left you? Does the word say he gives up on us? Are there examples in the word of others he led that did not know where they were going or how they were going to get there? Are there examples in the word of others he made grand promises to that looked impossible to fulfill? Yes to all of that. The answer to those questions is a resounding yes. So everything goes back to what does the word say? Part of water walking is learning to accept that the word is absolute and God will not violate his word. He wants you to learn to make the word the final authority in your life on every matter and you will stay in, pre in preparation until you do. The only way to secure your position in a faith walk is complete commitment. You cannot sit on the fence and think, oh, well, if God don't come through, then my plan B is whatever. You cannot have a plan B with God. You have to be fully persuaded and completely committed. Like the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace, you must be willing to go all the way with him and do anything that is required to glorify him. And that is a word for somebody. What to do when you don't know what to do? Pray in the spirit because God does know what to do. Get violent. If you experience sickness, lack, or anything else, apply the word of God to your situation. That's good advice all the time. Find all the scriptures you can about your situation. Get tapes or listen to teachings on the internet. Don't listen to anyone who may speak unbelief into your situation. Surround yourself with only those people who will stand with you in real faith. Play the teachings over and over and listen to them. Choose one scripture and meditate or think on it over and over and over again for a day. Then choose another one the next day or continue with the first one until God illuminates it to you. Speak life into your situation. Do not speak anything that opposes your solution, even if the solution looks impossible. Remember, he did not call you to, to fail. He called you to succeed at this. The word will be tried. Your faith will be refined. This has to happen before you can be established, before your testimony can be established. But once the word has been tried and your faith refined, then the word births your promise into existence. You won't see it coming when it happens. Discouragement. Discouragement is a deadly weapon the enemy will come against you with that will make you want to throw up your hands and retreat. Discouragement is dangerous in that it takes the fervency out of the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man in James 5.16. It makes us give up even in prayer. Also, as in Psalms, those who trust in the Lord shall not be disappointed, ashamed, or confounded. If you let yourself fall into disappointment or discouragement, you'll miss some of your blessings. You might miss all of them. 
Repent at once and get back on the path where your provision lies. Anytime you have fear, you have an area of unbelief in God's word and you need to remove the unbelief. Please hear me on this. If you have fear about, like if you're afraid of sin, then you don't believe God, it will heal you. If you're afraid of lack, then you don't believe God will provide for you. And that means you have not studied the word in that area and, and stood on the word and believed the word. You have not believed God in that area and you need to fix that. God showed me uh, something in 2000 and I think it was 2009. I saw this sword and it had pieces in it that looked, they were shaped like jigsaw pieces that fit together. And there were pieces missing. And each one of the pieces had a word on it like salvation, uh, holiness, um, what else? Uh, trust, you know, faith. The piece for healing was missing. You know why it was missing? Because I didn't believe back then that he would heal me. I'm sure it's there now because I do. But those are all parts of your sword too. The sword of the word. The word of God is a sword. But if you don't know the word, you don't have a sword to even fight with. So the devil will just run all over you. He will eat your lunch and pop the bag. As Andrew Womack says, he's going to eat your lunch and pop the bag. Water walking is not an easy thing to do. Going into the wilderness, if you happen to end up in the wilderness, is not an easy thing to do. And by the way, when you're on a water walk especially, do not give in to pride. Do not get arrogant. Do not get prideful about anything because that definitely will get you put in the wilderness. And you don't want to go there. Just don't do it. I'm telling you, you don't want to do it. Because once you go into the wilderness, you're not coming out until he's refined that out of you. And I went into my first wilderness for pride, he told me. When I came out of that wilderness, I said, Lord, you don't really have to do this anymore. I will uh, just tell me what's wrong and I will help you out. <laughs> I didn't really want any more recharge drips. I'd go into some more of them after that, but they're not fun. I hope this is a help to you. This is episode three. I don't plan any more water walking episodes right now, unless there's something y'all need to know about. And if there is, send me an email. And if I can teach on it, then I will. Other than that, we will probably uh, be doing some more prophetic word reviews or something else, some teaching thing. Anyway, I hope it's helped you. Thanks for listening. Jesus bless you all. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 239, Turkey Creek, Louisiana, 70585, or by email at jphtoday, that's J-P-H-T-O-D-A-Y, at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Does your life feel like it's falling apart around you? Are multiple things going wrong all at once? Does it seem all your comforts have been stripped away? You may have entered the wilderness. Wilderness experiences are oftentimes of great discomfort and lack. Every Christian must pass through the desert on the way to their promised land. 
Find out how to go from surviving to thriving by partnering with God as He leads you in the path that will strengthen your faith and prepare you to step into your destiny. The Wilderness Companion will help you find out why you have been led into the wilderness. Find out the biggest hindrances to receiving the provision you need in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Learn how to partner with God in His purposes for you in the desert seasons. Get your copy of The Wilderness Companion today. The Wilderness Companion by Glinda Lomax on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, or audiobook. If you ask anyone you know what the most difficult experience of their life has been, many will answer about a time of betrayal. All those called to walk the narrow path will at some point encounter Judas. How will you respond? Do you know how to recognize Judas when he shows up in your life? Can you keep Judas from bringing destruction to your life and ministry? How can you minimize what Judas cost you? Can you pass the test of absolute betrayal? Get your copy of The Judas Test, available in print and new audiobook. The Judas Test by Glenda Lomax, available now on Amazon.com. Sold out for 30 pieces of silver? In Exodus 21:32, it is the price of a dead slave. In Leviticus 27, 2-7, it is the price of a live one. Jesus was sold for the price of a bondservant. Precious Jesus, the Son of God the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings? Why did Judas sell his friend out so cheap?